0: All Mumkind, the podcast. A podcast for mums, by mums. My name is Pamela, and in each episode, I will sit down and chat to a mum about motherhood. The ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is the mum to a gorgeous boy, Jacob. She's the founder of the Empowered Mama pre- and postnatal strength and fitness classes. It's Emma
1: Dowling. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for having me today, Pam. I'm so excited to be here. How are you doing? Uh, good. I'm a little bit nervous, but... Um... Yeah, really, really looking forward to this and yeah. Uh, you are up and out early this morning, training. Yeah, was um, up at five, my usual go time and had a couple of PT clients and then my own training. So I left some of my girls then to look after my mama's class today, the two girls that i work working for me. So I know their mammies will be in good hands.
0: And is the five o'clock alarm clock for you?
1: Is that something that's come in as a mum or is it... You've always been an early riser. No, I've always, I've always been an early riser. I've always loved mornings, but once I became a personal trainer, um, that was kind of that's just kind of part of the package uh, when you work in that industry. You know, people want to train before they go to work, so you have to be there. And during your
0: pregnancy and in training, did you change things a lot? For did you adapt a lot for
1: it, or how did you manage it? Um, from a coaching perspective, I just kept doing as I was doing um from a training perspective I really had to peel back on volume and intensity pretty quickly. Um, I really you know felt my body change quite quickly and I just wasn't able for what I was what I was doing before. And how was your pregnancy overall? I had like just such a good pregnancy. I really, really enjoyed being pregnant. And um, I found that it was a time that I really kind of made peace with my body in, in a lot of ways. Um, I really found a new respect for my body and what it was doing for me. Um, so that was just, you know, almost therapy for, for my pregnancy, but also for me now and my life going forward. I've kept that that going, um, which has just been amazing, amazing transformation for me. Um, I did pregnancy yoga and I'd never done any yoga or anything like that before. And I really learned how to kind of flow with my body and really check in with how I was feeling and, you know, how my energy levels were on any given day. And even with my mind checking in, you know, how are you feeling? Are you anxious? Are you excited? Whatever. Um, And I really, really enjoyed that new kind of aspect of training. Um, I did the gentle birth workshops as well and that was all kind of linked into that kind of yoga mindset and I just found that was incredible. And you
0: refer to your body as like the third person you kind of you've given you call it her. Yeah. Which I think when, when you when we were talking about this I was like that's such a lovely way of becoming one with your body it's almost personifying it in a different level.
1: Yeah I find it um much easier to be nicer to myself when I talk about myself as somebody else in a funny way. Um, I have a really good friend Sarah Doyle, and she would talk about this stuff a lot. She's the the Better Life Project, and she really taught me that actually, Do you know, speak to your body as as you would your best friend, and that's what I do now.
0: I think after giving birth, you get a different find, like a newfound respect for your body, don't you? Especially if you're like, whether you train or you don't train. Um, for me anyway, I would have I would have a very um, kind of go hard or go home mentality to training pre-birth and now I'm gonna take a far more softer gentler more respectful yes weight when I train um and that's only because I look at my body in a totally different way I have far more respect for it now than I ever had yeah um and that's something that you can kind of relate to as well yeah
1: yeah that's a huge thing that that I do now and I find it quite hard to do it sometimes because like I can push myself quite hard you know I can you know lift quite heavily and stuff like that but then I have to think okay Emma you're going home to mind a little toddler for the day who is a wild child you need to keep some energy for that to start with but also you don't want to hurt yourself because you need to be well to be able to mind him so you need to just keep on checking in should I do this just because I can
0: yeah that's true and you talk about the wild
1: child Jacob Yeah,
0: Um, I'm seeing on your Instagram. He's like
1: Houdini getting out of his cot at the moment. Oh, my goodness. We are being presented with new challenges every day with our Jacob at the moment. He loves to climb and run and bomb around on his little cars. And he's just such a little boy. But yeah, uh, this week we've had the climbing out of the cot in the sleeping bag. And um, oh, he's just so funny. He's delighted himself. <laughs> he's delighted with his new achievements and his oh, new skills. He just thinks he is brilliant. <laughs> and he really gives you that look of what are you gonna do about it now? <laughs> oh God, so you have two years
0: he's almost two. Yeah, he'll be two in June. In June. So two years of a mum. How have you found the past two years?
1: Um I just absolutely love being Jacob's mum. Um it has just been the most wonderful, exhilarating journey that is also so terrifying at times, for example, when he's climbing out of a cot uh, in a sleeping bag and, you know, you're worried the stair gate is open and if he got out and all of these things. Yeah. Um. I really do feel that Jacob has completed me or, you know, really kind of kind of filled a void that was there in my life. And I'm so grateful to him for that. Um, he has brought just highs of pure joy and gratitude and love and fun to our house um, and then all of the raw vulnerability that comes with all of those things. And um, I always remember when I <clears throat> first saw that pre- positive pregnancy test and thinking, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then, oh, my God, this is so scary. I just felt so exposed at that time, even when I was going to tell Sam. I was just like, well, what if what if something happens or what if tragedy strikes? And I think as a parent, that's something that you deal with from that very moment forever yeah you know? it is isn't it yeah um so I find that really challenging and no one kind
0: of tells you about that worry that mm. comes with pregnancy that you yeah. have and I had that throughout my pregnancy I was worried every day yeah every day I was like and I was actually when the movement started I probably worried a little bit less because I kind of you could connect you yeah. really knew I used to eat grapes and the grapes used to send Alice wild. Oh. <laughs> so that was always kind of a reassurance. But then even when you give birth and you've come home with the baby, it's that, yeah, I feel like it's it's one of those hidden things that no one tells you, you will forever be worried.
1: Yeah, yeah. And especially I think as well, if, you know, you leave your child with a childminder, like that's even further out of your control and you're yeah. totally trusting somebody with your most prized possession. Completely. And um, I, fi- I really do find that a challenge every single day. I think my, my poor childminder, she's amazing, but there's a list every day of he's doing this now. So watch out for that and watch out for this. And she's brilliant, though. And bringing Jacob home the first few weeks. Um, How did you find that? I absolutely loved that time. It was I've I, before that I'd always heard people talking about like slow living and you know, that kind of slower pace of life. And um, I'd never experienced it, but that was the first time that I experienced that with Jacob. And it was just amazing. Our life was really calm and slow and we were just so consumed by the little bundle that we just brought home. Um, I loved that time of getting acquainted with each other as a family and then also getting acquainted with my new self as, as a mom and all of the the things that go with that.
0: And there's something as well you would often refer to as your mothering instinct.
1: Yeah. And trusting it. Yeah. Um, even what we were talking about there earlier with, with Alice and her sore teeth. Do you know, I, yeah. I really think our gut is always right. If you think there's something not right or something wrong or anything like that, I really think you need to uh, act on that. And even if it's at the sake of looking silly or, do you know, the doctor thinking you're overreacting or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But generally, I think we're we're spot on. I always think there is like an ancient wisdom that's only really passed up, you know, through the generations of women in our family. And I, I always kind of, I know that sounds a bit hippy-dippy, I always feel that they're they're guiding me and pushing me yeah. every day.
0: It's so true, because what we were talking about there earlier was the fact that I had gone to a GP with Alice, even though I technically she would no temperature, but it was my own mother and in instinct told me that there was something wrong, that like it was probably a recurring ear infection and went in on um, I think it was Bank Holiday Monday um, to what we call down in Kerry South Dock um, and yes it was right I was right my my own instinct was right was that she had uh, an ear infection and often when you doubt yourself like that and then you know you're right you kind of get that sense of relief you're yeah. like oh okay I'm not yeah. just this isn't yeah. just uh, teething. it was something else and yeah. it is trusting yourself even if you did get it wrong it's even kind of going that's okay at least you've it checked
1: Absolutely and you can go to bed that night and rest yeah. easy and not you know, because I think sometimes well, I definitely do wake up in the middle of the night and totally, you know, dramatize everything when I'm lying there in the dark being like, oh, we should have just gone to the doctor. So I would and always say just go or yeah. anything else. You and know? these
0: things always happen late at night and always at the weekend. Yeah. It's never it's Monday, typical. Friday, nine to five. Typical. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking there about your childminder and you get great
1: support from her, but also your mum. Oh, yeah. My mum is just like a super nana. Jacob loves her they're just great little friends they're brilliant Um, she's quite a, a young nana as well so she's loads of energy for him and she really is just well able for him um, I think I have great support around me from from loads of family members and friends but I think your mum is the one that you can always call on and say like I, I need to dig out with this and that she will be there and she'll never never she's never let me down and I'm very very thankful to her for that and it's lovely seeing your own child have that bond with your mum, isn't it? Oh, it's just amazing. Amazing. Even she just wrapped up new little shoes for Jacob there the other day. And they're miles too big for him. But I said, there are shoes that Nana got you and I put them away. And then later on, he just insisted on putting on the new shoes from Nanny and running around in them. So <laughs> he just loves her and everything about her. So it's, it's brilliant. It's a it's
0: beautiful bond to watch. Mm. And becoming a mum... You, for each one of us, it's exciting, and it's beautiful, and it's life changing, but it does make us decide like what type of mom do we want to be, and what type of a mom do we become, and you know you have to kind of make choices between do we co sleep, do we not co sleep, do we, you know, does it start in a cot, um, are, how are you going to feed them, are you going to wear you know nappies or cloth nappies, like there's all these decisions yeah. that you have yeah. to make, and one that you've spoken kind of openly about recently was. Your decision to bottle feed. Yeah. And how you needed to do this for your own mental health. Yeah. Um, which is more reason than any, you know, if yeah. that's what you needed to do yeah. to be
1: a happy mum, which has yeah. a happy baby. That is so important. Mm. And that is when I think of what type of mother do I want to be? I want to be a happy mum because I really do think that if a child is in a happy environment, a secure environment, a content environment, they will thrive in that um so that that was really the the foundation of that decision that that I made um, I did speak at a, a a lot on that particular instagram post um but it really was just the the bottle feeding was really the right choice for me um I was really really anxious about bringing um, a new baby home I'd had no experience with children or babies at all before having Jacob um, I was the first of my friends to have a baby I didn't have any sisters um and I just the thought of um, the feeding being solely my responsibility was was a huge, huge pressure on on me and I just couldn't do it. Um, I remember as well when even just being pregnant and, you know, thinking about it and talking with Sam about it and I nearly started to feel a little bit resentful towards him that he didn't have to make that decision and he was really keen for me to to breastfeed Jacob as well and you know we're both in the health and fitness industry we know the benefits we know how brilliant it is and despite all of that I just knew that it wasn't it wasn't going to be worth worth all of that that for me and for my particular circumstances at the time I would have had a lot of you know friends and neighbours and family and stuff been like um saying things to me like um oh but of course you're gonna breastfeed do you know and I remember just I didn't really answer it at the time because I was just like oh I I don't know do you know and um they a lot of people were very shocked when when I didn't and did they would they have commented to you that they were shocked or yeah that they really yeah yeah I would have got a lot of comments about how surprised people were at that decision and that was i'm I'm okay with that do yeah. you know that's I was very comfortable in my decision and I made it very clear that it wasn't due to a lack of education or a lack of support it was just something that I felt very strongly about and I did have an open mind about it you know up until I had Jacob I did feed him myself Um, just after he was born and I had that feeling of pressure resentment I was very upset Um, and it was at that moment that I just was like no like I I need to be happy. I need to enjoy this. This is the best time of my life. Do you know, I can't let something like this ruin it. Yeah. So I think
0: that you showed strength in identifying that there was something in you that just wasn't was going to be too much on your your own mental health. Mm -hmm. And there's such strength in that. Yeah. And kind of going, well, I don't You know. This isn't going to be good for me. Therefore, it's not going to be good for my baby. Let's just. Yeah. It's one aspect of it. And yeah, you know, it took me two years to
1: say it, though. Really? It took me two years to say it on, on that Instagram post to say I made this decision. I didn't really say that I bottle fed or I just kind of didn't say anything, do you know, because I was worried about, about what people would think. And I was ashamed of my decision in some ways as well. But even with that, I knew it was the right decision. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any that regrets. Makes me,
0: it makes me really sad that people would think that there's shame in bottle feeding
1: you know, I just don't think... That could have been my perception of it as well. No,
0: but I do, I do think there is because, you know, I think there is obviously a huge movement towards breastfeeding and I've openly spoken about it on my Instagram and on here that I combination fed Mm. and so had wholeheartedly wanted to breastfeed, but with tongue tie and supply, it just, I suppose we got to a point where we, we had to make a decision. So between bottle feeding and pumping and breastfeeding, that's how Alice was fed up to six months.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... And again, like I was kind of surprised by the amount of people that ask, would ask, oh, how are you feeding? Oh. Which I would never have asked anyone and I would the never ask anyone. No, um, It's a bit like when you're pregnant, and people go, what are you having? What are you having? And you yeah. kind of feel like saying a baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know, it's like, even if I, like we did know the gender, but I was like, we like, we would, it, would, it was never something we were going to tell people. Yeah. It's such a personal this, this so decision. personal, for yeah. the mother, for the family. And in a way, there's no shame about whatever any decision a mum makes, whether it's down to sleeping, feeding, it has to be down to what works for that family at that that time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and knowing that this is what works for my family. And I suppose making that decision and people supporting you in that decision.
1: Mm. My close family and friends wholeheartedly supported me. They were amazing. It was more just people I didn't really know. Do you yeah. know, I remember being in a pharmacy one day and an elderly gentleman, he must have been in his 70s, I'd say. And um, he asked me, like, how are you feeding them? <laughs> are you, what did he say? Is, is he bottle or bottle or tap? I was like, oh, my God. and I was like oh he he's uh, he loves his bottles or something I said and he was like oh it's a shame now you didn't give the breastfeeding a try it's great and I was like really how did you get on doing it and he didn't know what to say to that but I just thought oh my goodness
0: yeah each to their own each mom finds her own path and whatever that is Mm. then you know Mm. more more for her yeah Something as well I, I thought was absolutely beautiful. You said about your motherhood journey. My only job now is to care for this tiny person. My schedule is his.
1: Yeah. That's gorgeous. Yeah, I absolutely, I loved that because I think because the way I worked, I was a personal trainer, I was a beauty therapist and then I was trying to combine all those things. I was always coming and going and then just for me to be like, this is my job. This is all I have to worry about. And it was just so, so lovely. Again, that slow pace. I just absolutely, really loved it and thrived in it. We 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 all did. A lot of mums actually reference
0: in the early weeks and bringing home a baby is the visitors. Oh yeah, and it was something that you touched on as well. It's yeah, like it's like you really want to
1: show off the baby, but also you kind of need that bonding time, mm. don't you? Yeah, I would def. I'm definitely gonna if I if we do have another baby. I am really going to go differently about that and there is going to be a sign on the door like mum and baby recovering. Um, So (laughs) um, I really struggled with with the amount of visitors to the house um, when I had Jacob. I did the domino scheme so I had Jacob at about 11 o'clock at night. I was home at 11 o'clock the next morning and the visitors just started coming and coming and it just seemed like it went on for weeks. I was really, really tired and worn out and I'm a real introvert at heart I need my own space and especially at times like that of big change and big events in my life I need to kind of just be and just process and I'm also a a great one for being like oh no I'm fine like you know and you know I was fine but I really needed to probably just be up in bed with my baby and um, having that time together so I will definitely be doing that different and if any of my friends whenever they have babies I'm like just be aware of this and like you said like you really want to show off the baby and I was very conscious that for other people like grandparents and you know aunties and uncles it's such a huge part of their life in an event and I felt like I was nearly taking it away from them if I was like no like I can't have you up to the house you know and um yeah I suppose next time I won't be so um Willing to just. And
0: when I had um Jen Crawford, she's a doula of doula care Ireland, on and she had a tip and it was um it's been the first week in bed, a week on the bed and a week near the bed. Yeah, that's and I was like, that really yeah, nice. that's um and I think Orla Donlan at the moment is actually practicing that. She is, that thing. Yeah, so I saw like, it on her Instagram yeah. last night. So I'm like, do you know what? If there is a baby number two, I think I will be trying that um because we definitely forget what we've just create over 10 months and then we're you know we give birth Mm. and then there is a little kind of sense of kind of putting on a show like everything's okay Mm. and we're you know we're okay and we're kind of bouncing back and Mm. everything you know we're kind of relating to that um do you think we celebrate the female body enough
1: i think this is a really good question From the point of view of new mamas, I don't think we honour their body enough. Everyone is different, but what I would really, really like to see is new mums embracing their new normal. Um, When you bring life into this world, I don't think there is such a thing as bouncing back. That pre-pregnancy body that you had is gone, and and that sounds harsh, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, We need to learn how to show up and embrace this new self and how to move forward with a new love and respect for what she has created for you, you know, it, the female body is just amazing. Um, for me, I definitely feel like my body is completely different. Um, I have never felt so weak and so unconnected as I did when I had Jacob. Um, I really had to kind of rebuild and start again, build a new foundation and then just build up brick by brick, which takes a lot of time, a lot of patience and a lot of consistency. Um. I think it's funny because people see me training now or see videos and they're like wow like I can't believe you're a mom like I can't believe you had a baby like you've had such a comeback and I just always kind of laugh and I'm like it's not really true do you know the exercises that I do are similar my approach to every workout and every movement is so different though Um, I have to take so many more things into consideration and check my ego as we were talking about earlier um and that is because i want to be injury free for life and i want to be healthy for life and i'm not willing to risk that for one one workout um so yeah learning to kind of honor and respect that new normal and all those new limitations um is so important for every mom and it's going to be very different for every mom and it's all relative as well to you know what kind of level you were at pre-pregnancy as well um you know, if I put up a video of me squatting 100 kilos, you know, I get loads of lovely messages like, wow, that's amazing. And I really think um, those numbers are very relative kind of to me. Do you know, I didn't have a lot of followers when I was squatting 140 kilos or deadlifting 170 and competing in weightlifting competitions and snatching 73 kilos on the platform. So the numbers I hit now might seem like a lot, but it's all relative to, to where I was beforehand and I don't ever expect to get back to those numbers and I'm totally okay with that.
0: Do you know, I would have presumed that you would you'd be aiming to hit back those numbers. Mm. So you're kind of your value in your body and the value in how you've reassessed what your goals are. Yeah. Is really interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I, I've had to, like before I had Jacob I trained fifteen hours a week, three hour training sessions, you know, counted every single macro and gram that I ate and you know, was very happy to go off for a weekend competing, you know, in Ireland or all around the world. And like, I can't do that now. Do you know, I can train, I train for one hour, maybe three times a week, four times a week, if it's a good week. And um, like, I, I can't train that little and expect to hit those numbers again. But also I can't expect this new body to do that. um. Not now anyway, it would take me another couple of years really to build back up there and it's just not worth it to me now. I'd rather be at home with Jacob, do you yeah, know? so it's been a total priority sh- shift Complete really. Complete like, priority yeah. shift, yeah, yeah. I, I always remember when I was pregnant people saying to me like, oh, everything's going to change, everything's going to change. And I was like, I know it will change, but I was very determined to keep myself, of my sense of identity as well um, in training. So I think I've found a really nice happy medium between the two and keeping kind of looking after yourself how do you prioritize yourself do you know that saying uh sleep when the baby sleeps yeah I do sleep when the toddler sleeps so (laughs) I'm up at 5am most days so come two o'clock I'm absolutely wrecked so the house could be falling down around me there'd be dishes everywhere clothes everywhere and if Jacob's in bed I'm in bed having having a having a snooze and um I think giving myself that permission to rest is just the greatest self-care.
0: Yeah, it is because it's supposed to be something that I feared about becoming a mum was losing um, sleep. I like It was it was a concern because I I need sleep and I suppose I, yeah. I've, I've identified that as if I get a five or six hours sleep, that will keep me going. But mm-hmm. I mean, saying that to anyone with a new baby going, oh, I need five or six hours sleep, they're kind of looking at you going, you're not going to get that. Alice is such a good baby, like she sleeps through the night has since, I suppose, maybe about three or four months. Wow. But every night going to bed, I kind of think tonight's tonight night. She's going to change tonight's tonight. night. She's going to be up in the middle of the morning, <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> so, so far, so good. And, you know, there is illness and there is teasing and everything. You know, she's eight months now, but, you know, I always do worry that you know, at 11 months or at 18 months, they have that ability to just change. So every night that I get a good night's sleep.
1: You're so thankful. I'm really thankful <laughs> in the morning because I don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> the same. I love my sleep. So yeah, that that's my, that's my buzz. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a note on the door as well. Do not ring the bell, <laughs> baby. And Mammy's sleeping. <laughs> Our doorbell doesn't even work. And I I have no intention of fixing oh, it. Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> um,
0: you're really positive as well about promoting positive body image. Um and I suppose what we can end up consuming on a day to day level. Mm. Like there's a lot of media, isn't there? Especially if you know, if you're on Instagram. Like you Absolutely can get consumed huge. by yeah. what you think. You should look like What you think We should be doing mm-hmm. How we think Motherhood should be mm-hmm. There's a lot That we are being Kind of Exposed yeah. to yeah. yeah
1: Yeah I I really um, Agree with that um, And One of the first things That I did When I found out I was pregnant Was did a huge Instagram call Unfollowed Any accounts that You know I Felt Especially Since I had to Peel back on my training And stuff If I Found an account Was making me feel you know, not enough or anything like that, I would unfollow them. and um, I say it to a lot of my clients as well, if any accounts make you um or make you feel inadequate or unworthy, um, that are toxic to you if they're selling bullshit products and bullshit idealisms and accounts that aren't actually giving you any valuable content and um, that unfollow button is a very very magical thing that I regularly use and in my Instagram's a lovely place now
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true because you can unfollow even three or four people
1: yeah and all of a sudden your feed is transformed yeah and we're in control of that yeah do you know so I think we need to take control of that a little bit more and do you know a lot of the time we're mindlessly scrolling we don't even know what we're absorbing so it's actually just mindfully been like how is that making me feel yeah, really good or not so good or whatever. and Or is
0: it questioning, you know, are you beginning to question yourself? I
1: definitely found if
0: I followed certain um, people in the fitness industry that I was kind of going, oh, my training is not up to that level. Mm-hmm. And then I had to kind of check myself and I'm like, hold on. You do not work in the fitness industry. <laughs> you like get a grip. You're yeah. like a normal girl with yeah. a baby and, you know, you train for mindfulness. You train to clear your head you trained to be fit. Mm. You're not training. You're not aspiring to be competing.
1: Yeah. Unfollow that account that is not doing you any favors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, when I was coming back to to work as a personal trainer after having Jacob, it was really important for me to do that then because I had to know that my value was more um, about what I could do with clients and, you know, how I worked with clients more than how I work or how I looked, you know, Um when you're coming back to work in that industry and you're not in the best shape or whatever. um, That, that was really, really hard, really, really hard, Do you know, and having to constantly remind myself they're not, they're not, you know, hiring you as a personal trainer because you look a certain way. They're hiring you because you're kind, compassionate, driven, um, you know, training them really well, getting them results, making them feel good about themselves. And I, I just think that was very important um, for me at that time. And when
0: people come to you for pre and postnatal training, kind of what um advice do you give anyone or, you know, how would you, um if someone's thinking about if they're maybe just pregnant now, what, you know, what would you tell them?
1: From a training point of view? Yeah. um It really, really varies on the individual. And that's why it's such a hard question t- to answer. Um, I get a lot of these on Instagram um, and it'll be, you know, I'm, in the second trimester, what can I do? What can't I do? Um, and you, there's certainly guidelines, but um, and especially postnatally, it depends on so much. It so Depends much, yeah. on um, where they were pre-pregnancy, what were they doing? Um, how was their pregnancy? How was their labour? How was their delivery? How is their their baby? Are they sleeping? Are they, you know? really stressed out or are they taking to motherhood really well I think all of these things need to be taken into consideration there's no quick fix it's just starting small and just slowly slowly building in a really really safe way and in a really compassionate way because if I was there I'd been like okay we're doing this training program and here's a diet plan and you know like a it would be totally counterproductive b they'd probably get injured see they'd hate themselves and they'd, they'd never come back and train with me so <laughs> it would just be a disaster and how did you get into being a pre- imposed needle um trainer um I had Jacob and I realized that there was absolutely no information out there on you know on this stuff um when I was returning to training I was kind of like oh this feels a bit weird like I can I do this do you know and And when I started kind of reading into it and it was very, very difficult to find the information. Um, and yeah, that was when, so I went and did a a course in it and I'm still studying in it and, um, it's just massive, it's a massive subject and, um, it's so needed out there. I think our services, you know, uh, to medically to to mums in that postnatal period are really, really lacking in this country. That six week check to be signed off by the doctor yeah. is, I had to nearly ask my doctor to to look, Do you know, is everything OK? Can I go? And she's like, yeah, how are you feeling? Yeah, I feel fine. OK, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Off you go. And yeah, it's
0: a pity they haven't kind of brought in maybe more um, pelvic floor checks, maybe mm. a bit more. Physiotherapy.
1: Yeah, a cow yeah. that's not implemented or how there's not even a referral to a hospital for yes, that. Yes, absolutely. It would be amazing. It's definitely
0: missing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: in France, I know for sure you get, um, I think, seven physiotherapy appointments um, compulsory after you have a baby, which is just amazing, do you know? So, um, yeah, it would be great if we could maybe get something like that in time. Yeah, and then um, we, kind of w-
0: time. we kind of wonder then why, I suppose, the, our older generation would have so much issues. Mm. um, Because... If, you know, if we're only now, um, you know, as people studying it and you kind of have access as well to physiotherapy that have,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, this specialised skills. It's yeah. not really surprising that it's a whole generation gone behind us Yeah, that have kind of like consistent injuries from birth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they're, you know, probably co- costing the government a yeah. fortune. Wouldn't it yeah. be great to put it in at the other end to prevent all of this, this happening? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be it's something that we really, really need.
0: And I always kind of felt as well that, While you're pregnant, you have, you know, you've got your GP care. Yeah. And then once you give birth, that's gone. I always kind of felt that six weeks should have, as well as the baby being checked, maybe the mum should be checked at two, four and six. Absolutely. Even from a postnatal depression, anxiety, just any queries, because there are people out there who maybe, you know, especially when you have a a new baby, like the money is like flying out the door. Mm. So if someone's at home and they're thinking, this doesn't feel right, or I physically don't feel right. Mm. And they have to go to the GP might, you know, would they go if they had to pay for it, you know, versus yeah. needing something yeah. else for the baby? The good like, thing
1: to know is that I'm not sure if it's within the first year or the first six months is that you can get a GP referral back to the hospital to physiotherapy there. And I don't know why midwives aren't screaming that from the rooftops of the hospitals. Yeah. See, that is that is something that is available if you have a problem. Do You know, go to your GP, they will give you a referral letter and you will be referred on. It. You might have to wait a couple of weeks, but it's brilliant do you yeah, know absolutely. it is it is something but it should be it should be um you know just part of the package part yeah. of the norm yeah do you know yeah and
0: even if you could even there was just possibly as you checked out in hospital you got an appointment or something yeah you know without even having to get that referral scheme absolutely. just one just check go. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah and just make sure everything's okay and give them some guidelines on what to do and what not to do and you know so that they stay protected because even if you know things are great in the first kind of six you know weeks a couple of months even the first couple of years um, if you're not doing things right especially people who train they could really suffer for that Um, you know later on in life yeah um so Emma
0: we're coming to the end of the episode I have three questions to ask you okay
1: (laughs) what would you tell your pregnant self um, as I said, I just had such a great pregnancy, so I suppose I just tell myself just to enjoy it and just keep doing what you're doing and it's going to be great. And what one product would you not live without? Um, I think uh, coming from an ex-beauty therapist, this might sound really strange, but I'm not really hugely into products. I really like nice things and stuff like that, of course, but genuinely... As corny as this might sound, you know, once me and my family have our health and that we're all OK, that is all I need. Every other single thing I can live without quite easily.
0: Yeah, and it kind of makes you, I think having a baby makes you value
1: health. Oh, on so much. a whole much. Other level. So much. Um, and what has been your
0: magic moment?
1: <clears throat> I've had a really, really privileged life. I've been a very lucky girl. I grew up in a great house with great parents and I've had a lot of magic moments i suppose but i suppose the kind of big moment was the time that i kind of realized that it was just time to stop fucking around and to step into my power um i've always thought that there was something bigger out there for me but i just couldn't find it for so long and um i think i found it now um to every day get up and go forward with courage and bravery and to stand back up after every failure because there has been quite a few and i'm sure there are many many more to come to realise that the only person that was standing in my way was me. Um, me being afraid of failure, or afraid of failure, afraid of success. Um, what if it's too hard? What if, um, you know, what if it fails? Where do I start? And other kind of limiting thoughts like that. Uh, the courage to move forward with the Empowered Mammals, despite the idea being rejected by the first gyms that I approached about hosting it. Uh, been told that it wouldn't work by a businessman that I really respected and I still respect he's a good friend of mine. I sat down with him to have a chat about it and he was just like, didn't get it, do you know? Um, he didn't think it was a service that was needed, needed and despite all of that continuing on, every morning I wake up and choose to show up as best I can that day as Jacob's mum, as Sam's wife, as an athlete out in the gym floor, as a coach to my clients and as a businesswoman. Uh, to be brave because this stuff really is not easy for me at all. Um I'm really a very kind of shy, introverted person. So um, for me to get more comfortable uh, being uncomfortable and um, to stop playing small um, I am now just not willing to settle and I will do things that challenge me even if they don't go well. And um, yeah, just keep trying. I um, remember when I was in school, um, my career guidance teacher, I think it was maybe, it must have been fifth or sixth year, she asked me what I wanted to be and I did that, you know, that kind of survey thing and they tell you yeah. at the end what your career should be. I think she told me um, I should be an estate agent or something like that uh, and I said to her, well, I really want to be an entrepreneur and her response was, have you ever considered doing food science? Um, my goal since I was a little girl uh, was to work my, for myself and I'm there. I plan my own schedules. I choose when I work and choose the clients that I work with and the people that I work alongside. I absolutely love my job. Two years ago, if I had have been told that I'm in this position, I would have been like, that is brilliant. You know, happy out. I'll just keep cruising forward with that. And um, But now, thanks to Jacob and the birth of the Empowered Mama as well, that gold post has significantly moved. And I'm not afraid to say that I'm going to make this an absolutely huge success and a bigger success than I could have ever possibly even dreamed of. And moving forward without one iota of doubt, um, I am definitely at the beginning of my journey with this and I will not stop until I make it. And there is nothing more powerful and determined as the empowered mama. So watch out.
0: It's so true. (laughs) I just think your um, take on being a mum and your positivity towards life is beautiful Emma. Oh thank you. Um, And giving a platform for mums to you know train and get back their bodies and that to whatever point they want that to be. Yeah. Um, But I, I think as well how you respect your body and te- you know sharing that because even for me I would say yeah I respect my body but even that little note that you refer to as it as her yeah I was like that is such a beautiful thing yeah and it kind of it's, she is your friend like she's yeah. your best friend really yeah. it's yeah. your home
1: absolutely so
0: that's kind of something that we all moms should kind of think about and evaluate that if you're having a moment where you're frustrated you're tired with your body it's going mm. you know respect her give her what she needs yeah and definitely referring to her as her yeah adds a different dimension to yeah. your mentality
1: and I think just allowing her to be as she needs to be yeah do you know I think that's that was a huge breakthrough for me anyway.
0: Emma, thank you for coming in to me and talking to thank me today. Thank you so much for having I've me. I've
1: loved having you.
0: Um, Emma is Empowered Mama on Instagram, but I will be tagging it in all of my posts. Thank you for listening to today's episode of For All Mankind. If you enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you would like to send me a message, please email forallmankind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at For And see you in the next episode.